All right, Jeff, I don't really care what you got on over there. I got to go through a little rant first. Um, it's just it's just kind of the way it is. I'll start the music, but then um, look out, and then you can take it away, do whatever you well, want that, to do. I was pulling in here, real, real quick here. I, I was pulling in here and glance over in your property and, and see the lawnmower mowing, and I thought, well, I guess Roger's mowing the yard. He'll have to get off that to come in and do the podcast. And then I immediately thought, oh, wait a minute. What am I thinking? Roger doesn't mow the grass around here. That must be Lori out on the mower. Sure enough, it was. So good to be here, Roger. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's Thank you for listening to the Fields Brothers Show. All right, Jeff, I got to get this off my chest. If there's anything that I despise worse than a fluorescent light bulb, it is the printer cartridges. In these <coughs> laser jets or ink jets, you so know, you're gonna do that. What I just have. Well, that. you're not even gonna do an intro. You're no, just gonna... so this, okay. I, okay, I'm Roger. I'm with Jeff. We're the Fields <laughs> Brothers. We're doing this from Central Kentucky, um, and uh, we like to talk about the happenings in our lives. This is what happened to me this morning, and the incredible grace of God on this side of the cross. I quit laughing. This is serious stuff. I, I, Roger's in a bad mood. I am in a bad. I'm in a mood today. So here's what. So here's what happens. <clears throat> All right, let me get the mic a little closer and make it better. All right, here's what happened. I um, my HP laser jet. You know, I kept getting the warnings. You know, the, the ink's low, and usually when it says the ink's low, that means the ink's thinking about getting low. It's not actually low. Well, it it got. I let it go too long, so it. You know, knowing my, my pictures, I'm a highly valued real estate professional in Central Kentucky, and I cannot have my property pictures coming out looking faded. And to be clear, HP is not a sponsor of our podcast. No, <laughs> after this, they're certainly not. Um, and so I ordered from Amazon. I get these cartridges in, and I'm looking. I feel this is pretty easy. I've these big old cartridges. I'm putting all these things in there, and then I notice there's some tools in the box. Like, what is Uh-oh. this? There's some kind of a, like big plastic thing with a big screw deal on it. There's a pair of plot, real little pliers, like wire cutter pliers, and tweezers. What is it? Well, come to find out, apparently, nowadays, you can buy laser jet cartridge, cartridges that don't have the little chip in them. Now, let's picture this. The little chip's about the size of a, oh, a BB, only it's square. And now I've got to do surgery on my old cartridges, got to use this mechanism. I have no idea how this fits on the cartridge. Get this thing out. You have to take the little wire cutter things, clip some plastic pieces that are holding it in, then take the tweezers and try to insert this chip, this little bitty chip, into it. How into big a is car- it? Little bitty chip. Okay. And, and, of course, my worst fear came upon me. I dropped, dropped the it. little chip into the cartridge, <laughs> and I'm rattling around trying to find it. So I thought, I am done with this. So this all happened this morning? This morning this all happened. I am done. So I, I'm shipping the cartridges <clears throat> back to Amazon. I went over to um, with authority. With, I have a little probably put a with little note attitude. in there. Actually, the little pair of tweezer pliers. I'm keeping those just for my convenience. <laughs> I'm shipping everything else back, and uh, I got an Epson printer from uh, Sam's, and so I'm very uh, encouraged that maybe optimistic that maybe this printer will make my life a little easier. I had some other problems with the printer. Anyway, then I thought, why am I even getting cartridges for this HP? It was already giving me other issues that I didn't like about it. And now I'm going to put, oh, I don't know, $200 in the cartridges. So all I'm saying to you is this. Here's the takeaway lesson. No matter what kind of cartridge you're getting, make sure if you buy it, say from Amazon, you get it with the chip in it. You can get it cheaper without the chip, but it is not worth the hassle to do <laughs> surgery on your old cartridges to transplant 
the chip from the old cartridge to the new char- cartridge. Remi- reminds, right, done. reminds me of a phrase I often use when Teresa and I are talking about purchases and all this, that, yeah, spend the extra money. It'll save money later on le- on fewer psychiatric bills. Yeah, and boy. so, you know, you might as well go right. and, and do a little better now. And, and, and we're, and folks what? don't know, we're recording this in the morning as well. So this yeah. is not like we're recording in the evening and this was, this 10 hours ago, yeah. so this was just within the last couple hours, I guess, for yeah, you. Yeah, I was still putting the, you're firing up the uh, the new printer as you were coming in to do the podcast, and I just in time got some of my notes printed out, so I'm good to go now. One of the notes I had written out is that, I heard this phrase the other day, that God is, so this is in contrast to you this morning, <laughs> I had written out, God is in a good mood, yeah. <laughs> and so I might talk about that later. But Roger, uh, I think, is going to be in a really good mood when he realizes that he did a good thing, and actually, i got to give... Credit to Laura. You know, I was in. The, I was getting ready to go buy these. Looking around town, you can't buy. Of course, that's another thing that gets me. I got the, one more thing. I got the printer. <laughs> We're here to help you, Roger. I, I, go mean, ahead. I got the HP printer from Sam's. Well, of course, they don't sell the cartridges anymore. No, that would be too convenient. You know. So anyway, <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking about going over to Staples and looking at all the office depots. And Laura said, "Just get a different printer," because this, you know, I thought, you know what? Why not just get a different printer? That'll show those HP people. Well, <laughs> All right, I think I'm done. I'm over this. I will. I'll. I'll, I'll be better here in a couple hours or so. <laughs> well, okay. Thanks for listening today. Go ahead and hit the outro, and we'll wrap this one up, Roger. <laughs> hey, tell Jeff why we're, we're having to kind of redo okay. this podcast. Yeah. Why would we do that? Why would we take a perfectly good podcast, quote unquote, and decide? Well, we don't want the to. Um, you know, broadcast that podcast. Yeah. We want to do a whole new one. Go yeah. ahead. Give yeah. us your explanation, I, I, I was going to bring that up. So, right, so I was going to bring that up. Full disclosure here, we like being transparent on this podcast, and that's why we don't, you know, coordinate our preparation together. We like for each other's responses to be kind of raw and fresh and all that. But anyway, this is only the second time I ever remember that we have completely scrapped a recorded podcast. The first time was um, one time when, when we had Wayne Jacobson on there and it was because the sound quality wasn't yeah. good. It wasn't yeah. because of the content is the sound quality. And we, and Wayne graciously agreed to do it all over again. Yeah. Other than that, we have never totally scrapped a recorded podcast until now. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, we record a couple at a time. We've mentioned that before. And I cannot wait for and your so, explanation for this. <laughs> Well, just the short version, Roger messed up and we oh, couldn't use it. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> no. The, uh, so we recorded two, but then later on, I mean, that evening I got thinking. And the second one that we recorded, I kind of took the lead on it and shared some things that I've been reading the book. And I realized later on, well, for one thing, there's one thing that I really wanted to bring out that I forgot to mention. But then I, I, I got into some stuff from that book that I realized later was just too, just too deep and too complicated for this way of delivery that it just wasn't working out and too complicated for this way of for, delivery. for the fields okay. brother show podcast can you believe that that something might be too complicated for okay. the fields brother show Let me, podcast. can i translate so that I'm not for done. excuse me okay. I'm not done. <laughs> but then i also thought of you shared an analogy that um on that 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 you know i said yeah that's good and all this but then i thought of something later i wanted to bring out and so i thought so i got putting all that together and i thought well you know we can this is not the podcast. This podcast isn't due to be released for over another week. We have, let's just scrap it. So I called you and, and you immediately agreed and, and all that. So yeah, I did go into it a little bit too, too much depth in one area that I will avoid this time, hopefully. And I uh, hope it will be more encouraging and enlightening versus the other one that we scrapped. So now can I give my take on it in a much shorter format? I guess well, so. 
I think you're you going to. Something, whether I tell you, not. you shared something. I had just had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> it was thought, it was over your head. It was over my head. <laughs> it was over my head. I admit, and I had so anyway. So the analogy I thought mm-hmm. you would, you would explain that analogy and then let you comment. Yeah. On it so or, this is separate from what I was right. sharing, but yeah, yeah. Go. We'll, we'll now, start there. First of all, let me just say this: every analogy breaks down at some point, but I think. Well, this one will, because I'm going to show you where it okay. breaks down. So. <laughs> All right. This one might well, break down quicker than you think thought. Of the, think of it like this, that you've got a small island that's kind of a dark, miserable island, and you've also got a great, big, nice, well-lit island that's a lot more desirable place to be. And you have to earn your way to get the money to get on the um, the barge or whatever it is, you know, the, the shuttle boat to get from the little island to the big island. People like to go to the big island, but it's not easy to get over there. And then one day, the owner of the big island says, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm just going to pay for everybody's ticket. I'm going to offer them a free trip to the big island. All you got to do is get on the boat, and he makes the offer. And you have people who do it. You have people who don't think it's that um, it's possible to just get a free uh, boat ride to the big island so they're very skeptical and then you have some people who just don't want to go they just want to stay on the dark island and my analogy was it's kind of like in john 3 when jesus talks about the condemnation that hangs over the world is that people just love their darkness they just love the sin they loved where they were at and they just didn't want anything else and i think there are people who no matter how even if they understand the gospel or not we'll say they do understand the gospel they just don't want it they just like things the way they are, and they're just not interested in what God has to offer them. So go ahead, tell me where my analogy falls well, apart. Well, and I actually thought of some things since then that I, other than that first night, I said to redo this. The So I would partially agree with all that. Where where I would differ, and you may see this differently, which is fine. Um, I would couch it in terms of two separate islands. I would couch it as everybody's on the same island. It's just those those some of those people are blind and don't realize they're on the better island. Now think of all the scriptures that talk about, and we talked about it a couple months ago that, you know, blindness blindness of their minds, alienated in their minds. Uh, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Even the apostle Paul looking back said that he, you know, he didn't know what he was doing mm-hmm. with that. And so, and the St. Corinthians passages talk about, I had some of them written out kind of here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The, uh, Second Corinthians three fourteen, but their minds were hardened. For this day, when they read the old covenant, the same veil remains unlisted. So there's a veil they can't see it. So sometimes it's it, it's couched in terms of darkness. And you mentioned darkness yourself. That other verse, Second Corinthians four, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we proclaim, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord. So I think it's pretty striking that that the, the God of this world blinds the minds of the unbeliever, and so I don't think it's so. I think it has to do with separation versus union. So I think rather than see, yeah, there's a still big gap between God and the unbeliever. I don't think there is a gap. I think it's the the only gaps in their mind. I think the 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 unbeliever just doesn't see where they are and doesn't really see the glory of the gospel, and that has to do with. And this goes beyond. There's some other things I read or listened to just last few days. It has to do with free will. I mean, we hear a lot about free will. So we can talk. Well, before we get into that, any thoughts no, on what go, I just mentioned? Well, you know, I, I don't know that. I totally agree with that. I understand what you're saying, and I understand there's validity in seeing th- in yeah. things in, in the terms of light and darkness. Um, the difference would be okay. So you're so if you're in darkness, that means you're not seeing something. 
does that mean you're not seeing your present condition or you're not seeing the offer of God or you're not seeing the truth of the gospel? I mean, there's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a general kind of a way of looking at which the Bible does use between light and darkness. But I would say, okay, when the light turns on, what do they now see? Do they see that okay. they... I think what they see is the the love and goodness of God. You know, okay. the, it's well, the, the goodness that. of God that leads to repentance. So we talked before repentance, and we're both on board with this. Repentance may be the worst translated word in all the Bible. You know, it's it's not yeah, yeah. it's not being sorry again. It's not penance again. It is a change change of mind. <clears throat> Excuse me, metanoia. And so the goodness of God leads to repentance, leads to a change of mind. So when we, when a person actually sees the goodness of God, the love of God, that, you know, the goodness of God leads to repentance. That changes their mind. And that's why I think a lot of people don't respond to the gospel because they've never, it's been presented in a way that, that mars the face of God. Oh, yeah. That, that God's very mad. God's God. angry. Right, right. It's all in a legal framework in that way. And so, um, see, and then, so, then the problem, see, here's what we've done too. Okay, so we've, we've made this God into this very vengeful, wrathful God who's always mad at everybody. You know, we don't, you know, the, for God so loved the world, this doesn't come into play a lot of times when, it, when we present the gospel historically. And so the issue becomes, well, you need to accept the Lord, and when you accept the Lord, then he's not mad anymore. Yeah. But the problem is, we've made it so difficult in a way because you said, well, you got to do this to accept the Lord. You've got to say the prayer this way. There's a lot of ways where you can get the, easily get the perception that you might mess up this procedure. Yeah. You got this procedure you got to go through to be a child of God. And if you don't do the procedure right, then he's still mad at you. And so that puts pressure. Then, then when things don't go real well in your life, maybe you don't feel the presence of God. Maybe things aren't, you know, mm-hmm. you know, then you're like, well, maybe I didn't do it right. Then our trust is yeah. in our procedure. Right. The trust uh, is in know, the procedure. Then, then exactly we're trusting right. in, did we, did we go through enough steps? Right. Did, did I, we do the or, formula right? Even if you reduce it just to believe and right. faith, then the question, then our faith is in our faith. Okay. Did, did I really believe or did mm-hmm. I just, you know, kind of, and so. Yeah. You don't put faith in your faith. Right. right. And okay. So, um, All right, and and that relates to the other thing that I did bring up last time that that I do want to at least touch on. That one of the uh, book that I read on, on our Alaska trip uh, by Thomas Talbot, the um, irresistible love of God or inescapable love of God, something like mm-hmm. that. Don't remember the exact title. In my view, he he, uh, I'll just put it bluntly, he obliterated Calvinism uh, in this book. So I don't want to go into the details of that, but you know the whole thing, Calvinism. For those who may not know, you know. God, God has two, there's two groups of people in the world. Some are elect in God's eyes, some are not elect. And God only died for the elect. He didn't die for the others and all that. And there are certain aspects of what they believe that I do agree with. And, and I think they make some really good points. But And there's a couple of different passages that they bring out that, that a lot of it is kind of linchpins for them. One is talk about Esau I hated or Jacob mm-hmm. I loved, Esau I hated. Right. And, and this book goes into... And, and I totally forgot, I think uh, you said you had already remembered it, that toward the end of their lives, Jacob and Esau uh, reconciled. Mm-hmm. And so that, and I think it says that even Jacob saw the face of God, uh, or one of them saw the face of God in the other. You think, well, if that's true with them, then are you telling me that God eternally rejects Esau? Mm-hmm. And so the point there being is that when God chooses one, he doesn't choose one in order to forever reject the other. He chooses one in order to be a blessing to both. Abraham's a classic example. So God mm-hmm. chose Abraham, yes, but he didn't choose Abraham so that he could reject everybody else. everybody else. He chose Abraham specifically to be a blessing to all the nations. So when God chooses one, he chooses one to be a blessing to the other. The other thing, this is what I forgot to bring out when we when we recorded last time, 
vessels of wrath, vessels of mercy. Remember that? I mean, so there's scriptures there that mm-hmm. the Calvinists will point out, well, just some people are vessels of wrath and some people are vessels of mercy. Talks about Moses and Pharaoh. And at a quick glance, it sounds like that. But what I had never noticed before, there's scriptural record to where a person is first a vessel of wrath and then later on a vessel of mercy. The classic example is Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, for when you were objects of wrath. You know, it says you were objects of wrath, but now God has shed, you know, goes on to his mercy and love and all that. So those two points, and there were other ones as well, just the common thing of why would, that just does not fit well with God as Father that he would choose some and not others. But anyway, I, I let me Let, I me, give you, let me give you this, that kind of dovetails in a little bit. So here's, there's a problem with the gospel, Jeff, okay? Uh-oh. The problem is, you know, Jesus <clears throat> pays the full price, um, you're, totally forgiven. You're now in Christ. You're accepted by God. You're a child of God. The God of the universe is now your father, your dad. The problem with the gospel is it's way too powerful. It's just too powerful. And so you have to tamp it down a little bit. You have to dilute it. And to do that, there's three ways to do that. Okay. And three ways. So I'm assuming you're kind of tongue-in-cheek here. Yes, yeah, so I'm being facetious. Okay. Number one, you got to require something more than just simple belief. you got to require discipleship, tithing, service, a whole list of things. that you gotta, you got to tack stuff on to tamp down the gospel. Okay, number two, you've got to also ask God to do what he's already done. That's very important. Oh, that's, that's half the praise music. Yeah, you got to ask day. God to forgive, yeah. even though he already has. You got to ask him to give you a clean heart, even though he already has the faithless language of law. Yeah, you got to ask him to be present in your life, which he already is. You got to ask stuff from God that's already there, so that helps to tamp this message down. Have you seen that meme where someone's on their knees and it's kind of a cartoonish type meme? Someone's on their knees saying, "Holy Spirit, come!" And then in the cartoon, there's like a dove inside of them, and the dove is saying, "Uh, hello." (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And then number three, you've got to separate Christ from the believer. You've got to make okay. sure there's a separation. That's huge. And that's huge. So you've got to be a follower, Jeff. I mean, yeah. they were literally followers back when they were following Jesus around Palestine, you know, from you know, Bethsaida to Nazareth. They had to follow him with their sandals, go down the dusty road, and Jesus said, you know, to be a follower, this is what it's going to take. It's going to be tough. Now, today... We're not told to be followers. We're, we're made to be in Christ. God has put us in Christ. But you can't let that stand. You can't let that. I mean, if you, if you let people believe that they're in Christ and that they're totally forgiven and that God is their father, that they're already redeemed or accepted by God, is present with them all the time, I mean, people are just going to go crazy. They're going to go wild. So you got to tamp this down. And this, I'm being sarcastic. But that's what's happened. I think, mm-hmm. the, I think people have been so freaked out by the power of the good news of the gospel, that they've looked for ways to weaken it. Sure, we These don't, are the three best ways. And it's because we don't believe, we in general, um, don't believe in the power of love, the power of grace. I mean, the gospel basically is... We don't believe in the power of the cross. Love, which which is yeah, love. Yeah, Even God commands yeah. his love toward us in the yeah. while Christ died. So right. that, I mean, it really, and th- this gap that, look at this, my, I used an analogy last time when we, the one, the, the podcast we discarded that I really liked. So I want to bring that up again. So act like you haven't heard this before. Okay. okay? All right. But a guy that I only know through Facebook, uh, Logan Barone writes some good stuff. And he, he mentioned it and I read his book, a uh, young guy. Um, he uh, talked about when you, you know, if you lose your, say you can't find your keys. You're in your house, you can't find your keys, and you look everywhere for the keys. You look on the dresser, you look in uh, the laundry baskets, you look on the table, you look everywhere, and then you happen to, then someone says, well, have you checked your pockets? 
And so you reach in your pocket, and lo and behold, the keys have been in your pocket I got the a, whole a, time. I got a similar but better analogy okay, well, than let that. Me, let me kind of and fill, mine's a true story. Let me finish this. But go ahead. <laughs> and so you find your keys. So so the, the, the phrase of the day is, check your pockets. Yep. And so if you think, oh, I need more righteousness. I need to be closer to God. I need more of his spirit. I need more of his love. Well, Check your pockets. You've already got everything right. th- that you're needing. Do you so. know this is a true story? You know, Harry Houdini could escape from anything. I mean, there was no cell, there was no padlock. He was just a master at any kind of lock, and he could hide. I remember him. Ex- you know, in his mouth and his body. I mean, he just they could not nothing. Well, they one time they got him. They put him in a jail cell, and he would try everything he knew to get that door open and finally just collapse in exhaustion. And you know how they did it? So it was never locked they in the first place. They never locked it. It was open the entire time. He just didn't know it. So, I, yeah, that, that's okay. That fits my earlier analogy with the islands. All right. He, it was just, it well, wasn't, he didn't make a choice. It was just, he was blinded in a sense. He, he didn't truth, see yeah. it. He, well, he, was, he didn't know what he was doing. So I've never right. heard that. Let me give you so, another, I, I want to get your comment on this. Have you ever thought about this? Okay, Jesus. When Jesus died on a cross, that was a typical Roman crucifixion, right? Okay, which was like the worst possible death at that time. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, Romans did that on purpose. You know, they wanted to make a statement with this kind of. I mean, they could have just shot you with an arrow, but no, they wanted to make it the worst, most horrific death possible. And it, but today, the cross, and I understand it because it is kind. Of, it is. I don't want to say it's a symbol, but it is a way of us remembering that the cross really is a centerpiece, mm-hmm. uh, the linchpin to our, our faith. But today, it's not a bloody execution instrument. It's an ornament. It's and a somewhere along the way, we made them out of gold, and they're very ornamental now. And you're thinking, I don't know if that really captures the power of what happened on the cross. And I'm not opposed to wearing a cross and jewelry or a necklace. I mean, that's maybe what, okay, there's, there's a marketing idea for you. Make you you designed a line of jewelry with a cross and yeah. make that cross as messy and bloody and disgusting well, as Jeff, you Jeff, this be. comes as a shock to you, but I've never envisioned myself as being a jewelry <laughs> designer, and I have no desire to do that. But, See, uh, I'm trying to get you to expand and, and yeah. think outside the box. Well, I don't You're mind expanding, yourself but there's or, things I just have no interest in. But anyway, I just think that's kind of interesting, uh, that the cross has been made such oh, a... Yeah. So orn- if, you think of, if I say to somebody, do they think of the cross that Jesus died on, they think of a very ornamental and that's why we put on top of steeples yeah, it's, and buildings. It's in, and it's all our, this. We churches, we, it's jewelry, it's whatever. It's always, it, sometimes it's very simple, but mm-hmm. it's never, it never looks like a method of execution. All right. A uh, couple of other things I wanted that I'd actually mention before in the other podcast. And, I, and so again, act like you haven't heard these before, but I'm actually, let me clarify a couple of these. But um, I listened to the Pete Briscoe podcast, um, and I've actually listened to a second one since um, the last time we were here together. So Pete Briscoe, uh, was pastor of Bent Tree Bible Church in the Dallas area. Huge. Stuart Briscoe's son. Correct, Stuart mm-hmm. Briscoe's son. And I knew Pete had already kind of come to a revelation of grace years ago, but he totally resigned about four years ago. And he shares on his second podcast, he has some ty- had some. He actually went into an um, inpatient treatment center for addiction. He doesn't say, at least in the, one, the two he's released so far, he doesn't even say what the addiction was. He said it was not alcohol, but he doesn't say what it was. But, but anyway, he, he shares about... And the thing I remember, he talks about sharing our search in evangelical circles too often, a search for certainty, that there is an evangelical emphasis on certainty, that we want to just mentally, intellectually oh, yeah. understand everything totally. and to where there's no longer 
a mystery to anything. And he, he made this point, I thought it was a good analogy. He says, faith becomes more, you know, when we learn what real faith is in the gospel, faith becomes more about other people than our own progress. So in religion, and when we don't see grace, when we don't see love, Christian life becomes more about my progress mm-hmm. and my progress. And he said, it's kind of like moving, advancing to the next level of a video game. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a good analogy. Yeah. And kind of like in the Christian life, we want to move to the next level of a video game rather than seeing, you know, the goal is love to, to love one another as we've been loved. The other, um, another thing I got off another podcast, uh, Jason Clark and Derek Turner. I, I like to listen to them. Um, and I've heard Jason Clark mention this more than once. He said in the circles that he used to move in, the desperation was the high water mark of spiritual maturity. So this relates yeah. to what you're talking about before with yeah. the check your pockets and the Houdini yeah. thing yeah. of that too many Christian circles. Desperation is seen as a well, sign of maturity. You have to hunger and thirst for yeah. righteousness, yeah. Jeff. Don't you know Lord, that? I, I mean, more gotta, of you, you were gotta, desperate. Yeah. For, I mean, it's even in a song, a yeah. well-known song, desperate for you. And, and that would be a great song, and it would be a great thing if it wasn't for one little thing, <laughs> the, <cross>. the gospel. <laughs> yeah, before the cross, that would kind of make yeah, sense. that would make you a know, lot of sense. There. But, but that, so it's longing for something we already have. So no, you know, desperation is not a mark of spiritual maturity. It's not a fruit of the Spirit, from what I remember. <laughs> Let's see, you love, know, joy, yeah, patience, uh, desperation. No, yeah, I don't think that one's in there. <laughs> in your misery. I don't remember that being the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, I mean, that, there's a whole okay, lot of things. That, you've given me an idea. I'm yeah. going to come up with a, another list, kind of a the religious yeah. uh, version Re- of the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. So desperate. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. help me out. Okay, I'm going to write these. So yeah. help me out here. So desperation. <laughs> oh, Jeff's taking notes. Look out. So right. we got desperation, misery. Well, that was another one, wasn't Misery, guilt. Was that one? Would that be one? Oh, there's there's a lot of, well, Jeff, you don't need to You're do the research right during the podcast. <laughs> Bring it to the podcast okay. when you got your list done, and we'll go over and tell you all the fallacies in it. Okay? Well, I think this one is better than the other one that we um, discarded this podcast. I think, it's, <laughs> I, think, I think I made the right decision to just um, on top to of things, this Jeff. That's all I can say. Just my parting advice is check your pockets. Hey, one of the things I started to do occasionally is um, I pull out one of the prayers, either in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, or Colossians 1. And so I want to leave everybody with this prayer. This is out of Colossians 1. This is what Paul prayed for the Colossian church. He says, I've heard this day. I have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. What a great prayer for somebody. Mm -hmm. With all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I'll just summarize. And And he's praying that they would bear fruit in every good work. They would increase in the knowledge of God. They would be strengthened with all power. And that they would have uh, the endurance and patience with joy. And so anyway, read sometimes Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. Read Paul's prayer for the church at Colossae. Very insightful, I think, about how, how Paul approached his faith. And Anyway, good stuff. <laughs>